Great question. The Manufacturing Podcast offers news and information for the people who make, store, and move things, and those who manage and maintain the facilities where that work gets done. Hi, and welcome to a special Saturday bonus episode of Great Question, a Manufacturing Podcast. I'm Tom Wilk, the Chief Editor of Plant Services, and in this episode, I continue my conversation on logistics with Jason Manganero, the VP of Commercial Technology for the Americas at Sparks Logistics. We covered a lot of ground in the first episode, but too much ground to fit into one regular episode, so this bonus continues the conversation by focusing on just one topic. ESG regulations and the way that logistics companies are helping their customers calculate the carbon cost and carbon footprint of moving their goods around the globe. Well, I got a couple more questions for you. They're mostly centered sure. on the way Sparks connects with its customers. Are you and your team being asked by customers to help comply with certain ESG regulations or at least calculate the carbon footprint and then the carbon cost of moving things around the globe? That's something which we're hearing more and more that plant managers are being asked to understand, which is what is the carbon cost of getting materials to the plant? So I was curious to know, is, is, a, is a company like Sparks being asked to help calculate that stuff to or at least keep track of it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's become a really hot topic, I would say. Um, just to kind of level set, I feel like there's probably three categories of companies out there on this. Um, mm -hmm. There's a category that, you know, is and has always been concerned about environmental issues. It's either the ethos of the company itself, their customers, they know the customers that buy their product care about this and therefore they care about it. Um, or, you know, they're in an industry where it's really highlighted in this, you know, the, the need to um, to really be responsible about about your impact is 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 just is just part of the the playing field. Right. Um, so th there's definitely a set of very motivated companies that have been studying this and been looking for solutions on this. And we've had some really good conversations with companies in that category. There's uh, a second set um, that I would say is uh, concerned about it. Um, they want to see what's going to happen next. Uh, they're closely watching, for example, the um, the ETS, the uh, emissions trading system that um, Europe is going to be rolling out right over the next, I think it's from uh, 24 to 26 mm -hmm. uh, to to kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically push the uh, push the market to uh, regulate itself in terms of scaling down carbon emissions and, and having like a uh, a cost involved for companies that are not scaling them down or not keeping them under control. Um, and then there's, of course, that kind of longer term Paris Agreement, uh, you know, reduce emissions by, I think it's 45% by uh, 2030, and then to net zero by 2050. And that's kind of a global initiative that's going on. So, um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there, I think, that are paying attention to all this. Those dates are pretty far down the line if you're a, you know, kind of quarter to quarter, you know, uh, operating company. So they're not necessarily, you know, jumping in with both feet right now, but they want to know what's happening. They want to know what the potential exposure to them will be. They want to know what the penalties might be if they're if they're slow in, in kind of uh, adhering to this. And then there's a third set that are just like blocking their ears and, you know, what 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 our kids do when they don't want to hear bad news about something or and and they're just those companies are probably going to wait until it is absolutely like the the last necessity to to adhere to any of this stuff. And I understand it. I mean, from a business standpoint, they just see it as cost and complication and so forth. So 
you know, we're we're really kind of focused on that first set that are already care about it and are already putting some energy into it because, you know, one of the biggest complaints I think we hear or concerns, I'll say, from the industry uh, is that, you know, they understand that this is coming. They want to be responsible. They want to be able to measure what their emissions and their carbon impact is, but they don't feel like they have the tools to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that there's some tools on the production side that you can apply on the supply chain side. They're they're really reliant on other parties to give them those numbers. And, you yep. know, what I hear over and over again is, listen, I got I've got three carriers moving on the same lanes and I got three completely different outputs of what they measure the carbon footprint as. And when I dig into it, I don't really trust any of the three of them because I don't I don't see the math behind it. Right. And mm-hmm. and again, this isn't to point blame or anything. I feel like, you know, carriers are being put in an unfortunate position too here where, you know, they're being asked to measure something that they've never really measured this closely before and account for it. Um, and, you know, what, what we're at now is the stage of, you know, an average of an approximation of a guesstimate of a, you know, uh, of, of, of whatever number they can kind of come up with and say, okay, this is going to be our basis and we're just going to, you know, replicate this and see where we are. So a lot of what we've worked on is trying to find a way uh, for specific companies to really accurately measure their carbon footprint based on the exact movement of their goods. So the way that we do okay. this is a lot of our tracking and visibility tools are based on the PO level, the SKU level. So if you've got that kind of really exact tracking of, you know, when goods are being manufactured, when they're moving, uh, when they're arriving, exactly where they are uh, at any given time, you know, on the water, on the rail, uh, on land and so forth, you can get a pretty accurate calculation of how many miles they moved. Then if you know things like the speed of the vessel, the engine rating for the vessel that they're moving on, um, the type of fuel that that vessel is using, you can get a pretty good estimate of what the emissions were for that voyage. And with with those kind of data points, you can start to really get to, okay, uh, my goods on that vessel weighing this much, taking up this much space and that vessel doing this kind of emission, you can get a pretty good, pretty good uh, uh, number for what the carbon emission associated with that product container, uh, even even an individual skew, if you get down to it, you can you can get it down to that level. Um, And so, you know, being able to calculate at that level is to me the first hurdle, right? You want to be able to get what you consider a very logical, accurate, dependable way to measure what am I doing today? And then once you've got that, you can start to pick it apart and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. Well, where, where is that carbon coming from? You know, where are those emissions coming from? Which lanes are the ones where I'm having the heaviest emissions? Which are the lightest emissions? If I'm doing things with multiple uh, routings or multiple carriers, which ones are doing better than others in terms of the carbon? And then is there a way, you know, to make improvements without really changing a lot? If I just, you know, shift more freight to this one carrier who's performing better on a carbon emission standpoint, can I make an improvement? You know, one one that we see all the time is air versus ocean. Um, you mm-hmm. know, air pollution, even if you're just moving a little bit of air freight, it's about I've seen it like seven to nine times more uh, polluting in terms of carbon emissions than ocean. Right. So even though shorter trips and shorter amounts and shorter quantities, the pollution output is just tremendous. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're able to shift even some percentage of that cargo from uh, air to ocean, you're going to improve your carbon footprint um, immediately. Uh, it takes more planning. 
Uh, a lot of times it takes maybe a, a recalibration of the way you think of some goods and, and how you plan for goods and and how you uh, adjust your um, your supply chain to receive those goods and so forth. But that's kind of like a, an obvious one that we see sometimes. And, you know, it's good business. I mean, most companies that I've talked to in the last 10 years are all in the business of reducing their air freight, you know, if they can. Right. Air freight's expensive. It usually comes you know, with an emergency situation, there's been some problem, there's been a mistake, there's been a, you know, something, something was done that is causing the, the, the uptick in the air freight. So if you can avoid that and do it by ocean, which is more cost effective, a little smoother, more predictable, things like that, you're, you're in better shape, you know? Um, and then kind of the, the next frontier of that is now that we're collecting data from a lot of companies that are, that are doing this and measuring this, we want to be able to create kind of this like massive index of what is the best in class case out there. Um, you know, part of this is a lot of carriers are starting to bring on, uh, you know, liquid uh, liquid gas uh, fuel, um, uh, other, you know, biofuel, other things that are green friendly fuel sources. And they're, you know, very consciously trying to create service options that will that will be by their nature very, very low carbon emission or maybe no carbon emission. Right. So uh, the question will always be, well, is it worth it? You know, the extra cost. Uh, the changes I might have to make in my routing or my my sourcing in order to utilize those services. We want to be able to provide, you know, uh, that information, right, is uh, yeah. look at what you're doing today. What could be the impact if I switch to X, Y or Z? And then is it worth it? Is it worth the extra time, the extra cost and so forth?